Hello, I'm Wendy Rigby. You're listening to Texas BioBytes from Texas Biomed. When you hear the phrase tissue bank, you may think about a place where human bone and skin are saved to transplant into people who need them. At the Southwest National Primate Research Center, tissue bank means something else entirely. Veterinary pathologists have preserved drawers full of animal tissue samples. And those samples were instrumental in a recently published study looking at how microbiome might influence pregnancy outcome. I'm Dr. Edward Dick, Jr. I'm a veterinary pathologist, and my basic job here is to look at uh, tissue samples and blood samples from animals to help understand better the diseases they have, to compare them to the diseases that people have, and to basically see if treatments that we come up with make things better or not. And so when you say tissues, uh, what kind of tissues are collected? Does it depend on the study? To a large degree, it depends on the study. We have a, a basic tissue list we collect on every animal that comes to necropsy. Everything at the institute that passes away will come to necropsy, and it will get an exam looking for the cause of death and also to see if there's anything in there of importance to the colony to protect the other animals. And when we do a necropsy, we collect about 23 different tissues that we save routinely in paraffin blocks, that's in wax, and those can be stored indefinitely, and we can go back to them to look at uh, those tissues for questions in future studies. So this is a very good resource that uh, other institutions can use. Yes, it is. We have a tissue share program that they can either ask for tissues at the time of necropsy, so if someone wants a study and doesn't need to use an animal, they can get a tissue sample that's being collected at the same time. The other thing that can happen is they can contact us and we can go back and look at our records and see if we have tissues that are appropriate to some questions they're asking and and want to do research to discover. So here's a trivia question. How many tissue samples do you think you have? Thousands. The question under study by principal investigator Dr. Natalia Schlabritz is whether differences in the colon microbiome could make a difference in the outcome of pregnancy. The short answer is, it's possible. Much more research needs to be conducted. Basically, they were looking at the microbiome, and that is the universe of bacteria that live either in the colon in this case, or you have microbiomes in skin or anywhere else in the world. What they wanted to do was look at the microbiome of the colon of a baboon. Microbiome is a very new field. Uh, It's been studied a fair bit in humans, and nobody really looked at the baboon to see how it compared to the human. And this was the first attempt to do that. And what were they looking at the microbiome in the colon in reference to? Basically, they looked at a couple different things. They looked at obese animals and thin animals. And these were animals that were just naturally that way. They didn't do anything to them to make them obese. Uh, These were animals that tended to overeat on their own and put on weight, or animals that were nice and thin in their own natural state. And they wanted to compare the differences between those animals to see if the microbiome, the the population of bacteria in the colon, was the same or different between those two groups. They also wanted to try and compare that to the little bit of work that's been done in humans to see how the microbiome in the baboon, obese or thin, compared to humans. And so was there a difference between the lean baboons and the obese baboons in terms of the gut microbiome? There was a couple differences. One was in a a family of bacteria called the Streptococcaceae, and there's about a tenfold increase in those bacteria in the obese animals. And that's, that's kind of interesting because antibodies to those bacteria have also been associated with 
metabolic disturbances and insulin resistance in people. So that, that kind of does make sense that there might be more of them there. There were reduced bacteria in the oligospheria and in the centropophaceae. Anyway, these are two different kinds of bacteria. One uh, helps ferment uh, fatty acids and metabolize them. The other one ferments butyrate, which is, a, which is another carbohydrate. What kind of tissues did you provide to the researchers? We provided some samples of colon from four baboons that were pregnant and obese, and another four baboons that were pregnant and normal weight. And the idea was to look at the populations of the bacteria within these colons to see if a pregnant baboon had a different colon microflora or microbiome than a uh, pregnant baboon that was thin. So this has never really been studied before? No, this is really a first look to kind of see if there were differences, and at the same time to try and compare these samples to the few studies that have also been looked at in humans. Could a difference in the gut microbiome make a difference in the outcome of a pregnancy in theory? That's the question. Uh, there's crosstalk between the different parts of the body and the bacteria that reside in those, and it's possible that uh, the bacterial duct composition, the colon as it changes, could affect the composition of the bacteria in the reproductive tract or vice versa. Because obesity, at least in people, can be a risk factor during pregnancy. Is it the same way in animals? We don't really have good data on that. We really have not tracked pregnancies and outcome based on obese or not. We don't have a lot of obese baboons. For most of them, you kind of have to feed them sort of a, a high-carbohydrate, high-fat diet to get them there. On the normal monkey chow and in a group setting, they, they tend to self-regulate their diet and they tend to be more active. So you can get obese animals, but they're not as common as in, in the human population. Where was this researcher from and where is this article published? Dr. Schlabritz is currently at the uh, College of Medicine at Texas Tech University. Uh, she actually was here for a period of time prior to that, had done a lot of reproductive work on the baboons in our colony, using them as models for maternal and fetal uh, nutrition and its effect on pregnancy and pregnancy outcomes. And where was this article published? It was published in the Journal of Medical Primatology, which is a, a journal that uh, publishes a lot of studies and science related to the non-human primate population. Dr. Dick says this collaborative research project is a good example of the power of banked tissue for biomedical research. The SNPRC has samples with records on diagnoses that go all the way back to 1988. You've been listening to Texas Biobites from Texas Biomed. We love sharing our science. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe. We publish a new podcast every two weeks, and we cover a wide range of topics. You can find us on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, and TuneIn. One of the easiest ways to hear our podcasts is to sign up by email. You'll be alerted about the latest episode. Then all you have to do is open up the email and click on the podcast to hear it. Learn more about all of the ways we're enhancing lives through discovery. Thanks for listening. I'm Wendy Rigby.